0: Hello and welcome to another episode of Your Intention Matters the podcast. My name is Paul Madat. Thanks again for joining us on this one today. I have Beth Atkinson. She is Sales Enablement Manager over at Kronos, coming to us from the Mile High City in Denver. Good morning, Beth. How are things?
1: Good morning. They are wonderful. Thanks, Paul.
0: Great. Well, listen, say hi to everybody and uh, provide a quick intro.
1: Okay. Beth Atkinson, as Paul said, out of Denver, Colorado. Uh, I've lived here for over the past 15 years, and uh, I've been in sales enablement for almost 10 years. I would. I usually... Uh, Keep my intro going by saying I have two three-year-old identical twin boys, Eric and River, and uh, they keep me keep me very busy. But um, I've I've always loved what I do. I'm a coach at heart, and uh, I couldn't believe what sales enablement was when I read the job description when I was first um, getting into introduced to the profession.
0: Well, you know, I and I and I appreciate that. I'm looking forward to you sharing your story here, and I, I want to start with uh, acknowledging that uh, we're recording this on your day off. So uh, so <laughs> kudos to you and thanks to your two boys for uh, giving up some time here for, for mom to do this. And so I appreciate it. So you ready to go? Let's rock. Okay, so um, Beth, as you know, that the title of the podcast is Your Intention Matters. And that really stems from my belief that nothing is really given to you and everything is earned and uh, we have to fight for it. And everything starts with intention and mindset. And most of us in the world of sales... Didn't really think that we would be doing that, and so um, let's go back to uh, Illinois State. Uh, early two thousands, you're in college, you graduate uh, with a bachelor of science in public relations, a major and a minor in psychology. Well, Beth, if that isn't a blueprint for a career in sales and sales enablement, I don't know what is.
1: They need to they need to sell that more because it really, really was. I loved both my major and my minor. I love the study of people and how you communicate with them and how they receive your message has been something that um, has helped me profoundly uh, throughout my career, regardless of what I was doing.
0: Totally. I I totally uh, believe that. And so when you graduated in 2003 or 2004, if I think I have it right, uh, what did you think you'd be doing with your career? Where'd you think you'd be in 2020?
1: I had no idea. My. My uh, ability to think anything past getting through a summer at that point, if you can believe it, I can, uh, was, was spent. I focused really hard on just finishing college and I was ready to be out of the middle of Illinois and um, really excited to be going to Colorado. I had a really good friend who lived here and went to see you and um you know she said there's all the seasons and the snow doesn't stay that long and i just had to see it for myself and she was right and so how so did you I, I didn't
0: know how did you find <laughs> illinois state are you from illinois
1: no i'm i'm from wisconsin and um when i was when i was playing basketball uh i i was looking at a, a bunch of different schools but mostly out of mostly out of illinois and uh, they offered me a scholarship along mm. with a couple other uh colleges in illinois and i I got to the campus, drove up with my mom and i I knew that that's where I was going to go play and i had i have had gone to probably ten or eleven other schools uh in the midwest and, and checked them out and had a couple other offers but i knew I knew without a doubt that's where I was going. It was a crazy feeling
0: what was your passion for basketball ever in the cards for a career down that path, whether it be a coach or even a player on some level
1: yeah i I just love the game i love I love to coach. I love to motivate. Um, I've always been the the leader from a vocal standpoint, even if my skill set wasn't there. Um, my work ethic was there, mm. and I definitely um, was the motivator, the mouth motivator, maybe, um, but on my team.
0: <laughs> All right. Well, that's, I was going to ask you then. So, you know, t- talking about intention and mindset, uh, did you watch The Last Dance with Jordan?
1: <gasps> I'm so close to the... That's what we've been doing on vacation. Um, my wife and I are watching it and we're, I think we're at uh, episode 10. Okay. So close. You're on the Nine last one ten. then. Is that it? Yeah. Okay.
0: Th- there's 10 episodes. Yeah. All right.
1: When well, you talk
0: about intention and mindset, I mean, if there was anybody who had it, it was him. It was unbelievable. Yeah, it was unbelievable, right? So okay, so let, let's go back to you, you graduate. Uh, you're ready to go. You, you, you get past your your summer after a senior. You got past that. Okay, great. So you end up in you end up in Colorado. But what did you do? What was your first job out of college?
1: So my first job out of college, uh, after two months of being in Colorado, I get a job offer at St. Bonaventure University um, in in Olean, New York. Oh. And when I looked it up. I couldn't even find it, uh, the city, because it was so small. So it's in the southwest of New York and about an hour and a half south of Buffalo, three hours from Cleveland and maybe 20 minutes from the Pennsylvania border. Um, So I was I was going about an hour and a half to go find some decent sushi and a place to hang out (laughs) 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 on campus by myself, you know, 23 year old uh, kid. And I loved coaching, but it was it was the wrong fit uh, from a coaching staff standpoint, mm. and it was really hard to leave. Um, but I had to I had to go. I, it was only one year, but I knew then that I just loved kids. It was rewarding to coach on every level, is what I realized as a college coach. Fair. You, know, you play Division One basketball. You coach Division One basketball. But I do remember having almost as much joy on Saturday mornings volunteering at the YMCA and watching kids hit a layup for the first time, mm. and turn around and look at you like they did it. And I, I felt the same way about you know these these eighteen and nineteen and twenty year old girls who were um, women who were you know growing up and learning life lessons and learning basketball lessons. Um, it was really rewarding.
0: You know the the decision to move on after a year beth i'm sure that was not the easiest of choices given your passion for the game and the interest in coaching um was that a decision that happened uh, fairly quickly was it a long drawn out process did you go back and forth before making the decision talk to me about what happened there
1: yeah it was it just was um, one of those things that i knew that it wasn't going to go another season Um, And it was, it was a mutual thing for the most part. Um, You know, and I don't, I don't regret that at all. I wish, I wish I would have found a better fit of Mm. a university before I did, uh, took the job. But um, I'll always remember it for what I got out of actually coaching and bonding. And um, it was the hardest job I ever had, ever. And I've, I've had some good ones. (laughs) I've had some challenging uh, jobs from, you know, hours worked and what you needed to do. But as the third assistant, uh, you, you know, you're doing tape, you're doing film, you're doing all the budget, you're doing the, the travel for 18 people on buses, planes, trains, mm. uh, hotels, and you're doing the scout or, you know, maybe, maybe I was responsible for some out of bounds plays or something like that. But, um, man, it was so, tasking, but I learned so much. I've never every other job that I've had that's been challenging to most people has been, I don't want to say a piece of cake easier. It just has been easier to handle. And I, and I, I believe that that was why I had, why I had to go and what I was meant to learn at St. Bonaventure university, because it taught me so much about responsibility so quickly out of college. Like I had no idea coaches had to do what they had to do. So I had a new appreciation for that. Um, but it wasn't the, the hardness or toughness of the job. I really loved it. It just was a, a fit from a fit perspective. It was not going to work um, another year. So it was, it was kind of sad. So what was next for you? So I, I pack everything back up, huh. back across the country, back to Colorado. And um, I did not know what I was going to do. It was another summer, um, you know, that I'm trying to figure out what I want to do. And I get this, this uh, sales job like door-to-door office supply selling.
0: (laughs) So that'd be tough today.
1: Oh my gosh. (laughs) It was for Quill Office Supply. And um, it was kind of funny because I had no idea what I was doing. They don't teach you to sell Mm. in college. And I just, you know, they gave me a couple key phrases, did this elementary sales training you know, whether it was keeping up with the Joneses talk track, or we already have a supplier, you know, hand basic handling objections, training, they give you every morning, then you go out and you hit it. And I'm walking around in a suit and some high heels. And I'm selling, <laughs> I'm doing a bang up job, selling office supplies. Um, but again, what I learned in that job is was, was far better than what it actually was. I mean, it's just, I'm a I'm a kid out of college looking for a job. And selling some office supply very humbly <laughs> it was a it was a rainy day when it all ended and i didn't quit on that day because you should never you know quit on a rainy day uh but i was soaking wet walking door to door at these you know these little places trying to get them to buy some office supply for me and i was like eh, i should probably be doing something else
0: pounding pavement for how long
1: um uh, i did that for three or four months
0: three or four months yeah okay and then what was next
1: then i get a job at Promotech which Promotech. is a distribution company out of in here in Colorado um and that's where I really started to understand account management and client management um I worked for the our top account which was probably like 80% of our revenues and um long story short I was there for about 4 years and end up actually going to Philadelphia to be on site at the client's um office building which is brilliant because i got to hear what they were looking to do what they wanted to do how could we help with their projects um and really taking care of them from a from a client management standpoint uh, and getting the upsells because you're top of mind when you're visible so that was like your epic office call Uh i would stay there for two weeks at a time come back for two weeks be out there for two weeks um, in, in Westchester, Pennsylvania.
0: Oh, no kidding. So you're living in yeah. Denver technically, but you're really splitting yep. time between uh, that and Philly. Yeah. All right. All right. And so um, good run. Things are good. You're enjoying it. You're you're finding your way. Um, why aren't you there anymore? What happened?
1: Yep. So um, uh, the VP of operations went to work at Iron Mountain. And she said, when I have an opening, I'm going to come steal you, uh, from there. And I said, okay, we'll see. And, um, (laughs) and she did. And it was actually, I left for lower pay, um, because I, the fit was right. And I really, really liked her as a leader and, um, I wanted to get my master's. So I didn't want to, um, travel anymore for 18, you know, I was doing that for 18 months and I was like, I really want to get my master's. So I'll take the cut go get more of an education and, you know, work at Iron Mountain. So I was an account executive for them. And I picked up some of the, I always find the most challenging clients uh, to take care of, but I love the challenge. Um, so I had law firms in Denver for um, Iron Mountain. So if you think about document storage and what law lawyers mm-hmm. go through, it was intense. Uh, but they're also really good negotiators. So I really sharpened my saw. When it came to negotiations uh with a bunch of attorneys
0: and so were you you able (laughs) to do this uh, still in the midwest in denver yes okay great
1: yep still in denver and um was at iron mountain for i think i was i was in the sales role for two and a half years Mm -hmm. and then and then enablement came um for another three years
0: and so Listen, Beth. this is going to you might have you might have a hard time answering this because it might sound like uh, you're pumping your own tires here. But uh, listen, you, you know me a little bit here. I, I've had the opportunity to work with some really talented people with what I do for a living and in the U.S. in particular with uh, 100 200 million adults and there's no shortage of options. Why do you think you're the, the VP of sales that went to Iron Mountain? What do you think it was about you that said, no, you're coming with me? And wh- when that happens, it's going to happen.
1: Ah, uh, she was building her team.
0: Fair, but she She's, can build a team with anybody.
1: Uh, she was building a good team. <laughs> <laughs>
0: okay. I
1: she, I think she knew uh, low maintenance, go getter, take a challenge, um, and elevate people around me. And she had a good, she had some pretty good people on her team. And there were some people who she was like, "This is a nightmare." It was more hmm. work for her um, than than not. And, um, she knew that I always took, com- took, care of my clients. Uh, you know, I had fun, but I also worked really hard. And when it came down to it, I would get the job done. Got it. Um, and I was the youngest, I was probably one of the youngest ones on the team still on the, I see, and it's still always a team, Paul yeah, yeah. on the group.
0: I love it. I love the verbiage. So, okay. So you're at Iron Mountain for the better part of five or six years, but in there, you talked about enablement as well. Did you raise your hand to move to enablement? Uh, How did that happen to, to leave from a quota bearing salesperson into an enablement role?
1: Yeah, I think, well, it actually started with me wanting to get my master's degree and, and what that would do for me. And I think that kick-started it, Paul, to say, I'm, I'm going to get my master's because I want it to lead to something bigger. I want to, and I knew, I knew that my career tenure was not going to do it for me. Mm -hmm. Like some people say, Oh, I've been doing this for 15 years, 20 years at the time. I mean, I'm 29 years old, maybe around there, Mm -hmm. um, or 27 when I started. So I knew that I was going to invest in, in my education so that I could move along in my career track was what my intention was. Uh, and it worked out just like that. Wouldn't you know it? Um, right. December, I graduate. I think it was 2011. I would have to go look at my tassel now. I forget. <laughs> um, I graduate in December, middle of December. And, um, and I, I wanted something more. So I actually went to the Iron Mountain career page and was looking around. And someone had mentioned sales enablement. And I'd never have heard of this. Yeah. I'm like, what does that mean? That's, that's kind of weird, but I mean, it, it wasn't a sales job. And then I go in deeper into the job description and I couldn't believe it. I was like, you've got to be kidding me. This is what I was made for. You're coaching, you're training, you're providing skills, tools, and resources Mm -hmm. to help other people be successful in their role. Um, And what, what the basic summary was. And I was like, they pay you for that. They'll pay you for that. I don't have to mess with these clients My quota. I could just help people. Like I was meant to do that. I really was. And, you know, people who know me would say, yep, 100%. Mm-hmm. Like, it's crazy. We want her in sales, but she's, she excels at this. Um, and like you said, I'm not trying to pump my tires. This is just the reality sure. of meant, what, when someone's meant to do something, um, this is it for me. And I have a lot of passion around that. But so I read the job description. And they, I don't get the job. Oh yeah. They give it to somebody else. And I'm like devastated because I, when I want to do something, I feel like something is in alignment with where I'm supposed to be going, uh, doors open up, windows open up mm. and you know, opportunities come. And I was a little devastated. So I'm like, all right, you know, maybe, maybe it's not, maybe I'm still too young. Maybe I don't have enough, um, experience.
0: Fine. I'll go back in territory. Fine. Fine.
1: fine. Let's go sell. Let's go to, you know, legend makers. Right. Um, So I'm back in the field. I'm doing my job and I actually close a really big deal that would have gotten me to legend makers. Nice. Um, And is that like
0: a president's club?
1: Yeah. It's like the president's club. And um, then, so I'm like, okay, well that, that worked out pretty good. And um, another job description comes through and now this one is so they actually hired two people for enablement. Long story short, I get that job. Um, the guy who took my territory goes to Legend Makers in Rome. Oh. <laughs> and I'm I'm training people in sent the heat of the p- summer. He sent you a postcard film.
0: and it was all good, yeah. right?
1: I said, You're welcome. But you know, I I wouldn't have traded that. I got to go to Rome on my own. Sure. So uh <laughs> um so I get the second job, which was really humbling because it made me even more hungry to understand what this was, what I could do. Um, I had some pretty good coaching this time around, what the job was and how I could help. And, um, you know, I get the job and, and I just, I love it. I'm doing new hire um, things and we just installed Challenger, the Challenger sale. Mm-hmm. Uh, so we're training and coaching on that, which I loved. I never had a structure of a sales methodology before. And um, it was really exciting times.
0: And, and yet you're at Kronos now coming up on six years. So things are good. You finally get into the enablement side. You're, you're feeling like, okay, this is where I was supposed to be. This is my passion. I'm good at this stuff. I love to do it. Did you raise your hand to find Kronos? Did Kronos find you? Talk to me about that decision.
1: Yeah. Kronos. So again, um, I was looking for a little bit more at Iron Mountain and, um, based on my performance and what I had contributed Um, I kind of set what I wanted, uh, to, to be making from a career standpoint. So I will just be real candid with you. And they just couldn't meet me there. Um, and I had done some research and I knew where, where we were supposed to be in the median. Are we talking
0: dollars uh, here? Yes, we're talking dollars. Got it.
1: And I knew that some of my counterparts, uh, were making significant amounts more. Hmm. So it, it was a little weird, Um, but I, I wanted to give them a opportunity to, you know, make it right. And I thought with where I was at with career performance, education, um, I should be at a certain place and that didn't work out. So I don't know if it was because I actually, I shouldn't say, I don't know if it was because of what I was looking to do and looking to accomplish. I'm very goal oriented. So I have goal cards all around my office. And I had a specific amount that I wanted to be making by a specific year and they're everywhere. Um, and I wasn't getting there. So I, so I set that, that in motion and um, I get a ping from Kronos and I heard of them before, mm-hmm. but I didn't even know what SAS was. Paul. Right.
0: right.
1: So I, I was like, Whoa, am I out over my skis? But then I was like, well, Coaching and training for sales is uh, very is very much the same across I- everywhere. Yeah. It's you know different. You insert product, um, and here's the skills that you need. So I convinced myself of that. <laughs> so I do all my research. I get. A, I understand what SaaS is. Um, you know, I talked to Lori McDonald at the time, and I, again, I got that feeling of this is where I was meant to be. They fly me out to Boston, Iron Mountain's out of Boston too, by yeah. the way, headquarters. So I fly out, I fly out there. I do the interview with like seven people Wow. Um, <clears throat> in person and then two or three on the phone. So very thorough. And uh, they offer me the job and it was, Sayonara. if you can believe it, right. Yeah. Right around what I was looking for, uh, for sure. Didn't even think, I didn't even know how that was going to be possible um, I set it much higher than I thought, and um, it came to fruition. It was really incredible. Again.
0: Well, you know, Beth, I, I appreciate you, you sharing your story here, and I've said this to you because you know you you were um, you know so gracious to take a shot on on me and my company and what we do, and I've really enjoyed you know working with you. And I said this to you before; you might not remember this, but one of the things that I was clear to me pretty early is um, is that with you in the enablement role what I picked up on was that you weren't just book smart and you weren't just fundamentally sound but you actually did the job as well and sometimes what happens is unfortunately with organizations that have an enablement division and a sales division there can be a massive disconnect and in my time at Xerox there was I don't know if it was massive or not but it was a disconnect between enablement and direct sales uh, and, and I always I always appreciated that about you because you, whatever you do, you actually did it yourself. You're not just somebody who's never actually sold before and telling people what to do because the book says on page seven, this is what I should do. <laughs> and, and, I, and I respect that about you. And I think that's probably um, uh, echoed by a lot of people that you engage with because they know that you're not just saying what the facilitator guide says, but rather this is the way it should be done. And this is the way I do it because I have proof here and that you've lived it and that way, and that way they kind of understand that. So good on you.
1: Thank you. Yeah. I, I I think that the ability to be able to relate to people in our, in our core, we're all human for the most part, Mm -hmm. Paul, most people that I've met. Um, (laughs) (laughs) yeah, most, And helping people understand the simplicity of something that could be potentially complex and relating it back to what they do or know um, is the key Mm. to this. Because it is, we do have a very uh, robust sales cycle and it can be a complicated thing to position, Uh, but the simplicity of it is really where the magic happens. Well, Beth, I want
0: to be respectful of your time here. I know that you're on holidays today, or on vacation, and your two boys are probably chomping at the bit here. But <laughs> anybody listening, um, any advice for anybody that maybe has stuck with you over the years? That if you had one piece that you might share with anybody, what might that be? And I'm sure you probably, I'm sure we could probably do this for three days worth of right. advice. But if you had one that maybe has been given to you, or that just pops pops in your head right now, what might that be?
1: Yeah, I think if there's something that you want and you don't know how to get it still still put it put it out there i like to write things down and my mentor told me to write it up with blue ink and blue index cards whatever that goal is and you you set your intention of of what you want mm. but don't worry about how it's going to happen if you if you are in, an, in alignment with what that is and it's meant to be it will It just might not be on your timeline
0: got it beth last question for you uh, is the nba and wnba coming back this year or what no. No. Uh,
1: all right. <laughs> Baseball, well, listen,
0: maybe. Maybe, maybe. But listen, if there's a positive for this guy, if the NBA doesn't come back, it's that my Raptors get to defend their championship for another season. <laughs> Isn't
1: that great? It's great, Never right? know. You never know, Back right? to back, defending champs. <laughs>
0: yeah. Well, listen, Beth, I so appreciate your time. Uh, thanks so much for being here, sincerely.
1: Thank you for the opportunity, Paul. You're welcome. Appreciate
0: and everybody, thanks so much again for joining us on this one. Hope you enjoyed it as I did. Remember, your intention matters. Because as I say, that's the result that you will tend to get. We're out of here and uh, we'll see you next week. Be safe.